You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Yay! I've been having a hard time saying that today, but there, I got it right. So we are grateful for your presence today and to uh, to banter a little bit with us, hear, hear what things are going on in the Catholic world across our listening area and beyond. And I'm Roxanne Solonen. And I'm Heather Carroll. And we're going to be talking pro-life issues coming up, but in a very beautiful way. Um, we're gonna we're working on our guests here, but in yeah. the meantime, what Heather? Did you have any thoughts about our last interview? I, I I've been acquainted with Down Home for a yeah. while, but I think it's a beautiful organization. I've I haven't heard of it before, and it uh, makes you realize. Um, so there was one point, and I've shared this on the radio before, that there was one point when I was one phone call away from being homeless at one point in my life, hmm. and so even to this day, when I walk into my home. And I have air conditioning, I have heat, I have a couch, I have, I always, and my daughter makes fun of me for it, but I always say, thank you, Jesus, for my air conditioning. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jesus, (laughs) for this couch. Because I don't want to ever forget that I was very close to not having those things. And so, down home, amazing organization. Yeah. The heart is just, it's so beautiful to see a mother just mm-hmm. having been moved and um what well, courage yeah absolutely well, and i wanted to give their website out before oh, yeah. we moved on just if people yes. wanted to donate to this great organization their website is down-home.org yeah pretty pretty simple out. just make sure you get that dash in there get so. the dash in there all right well now we have uh, a lovely another lovely woman joining us here by phone uh hi jean Good morning, Roxanne. Oh, it's so good to, to hear you, my friend. Good uh, to hear you. <laughs> yes. So Jean Epler is actually someone who uh, has crossed paths with our last guest. Um, we, we were talking to Janessa from Down Home oh, last wonderful. week. Wonderful. Yeah. So, but, but this time we're going to talk about another amazing person in our community who's no longer with us, but Jean Epler is um, well acquainted with Susan Richard. She was a very active pro-life advocate who helped keep our local pregnancy resource center going when it almost faded for a time. Mm. And I think a lot of people in our, even in our pro-life community aren't aware of how instrumental Susan has been and what a force she's been because at some point she kind of let others come forward and she kind of faded a little bit and, and did more of the behind the scenes work. And that's so important. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. But she was a, she was a warrior. And so uh, Jean, thank you for joining us this morning. And b- why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Oh, thank you for having me, Roxanne. It's an honor to be able to speak about my dear friend, Susan. So I um, grew up in Grand Forks and Fargo, moved here in my junior high year and uh, graduated from Shanley, went on to college for two years, met my husband, Cray. We moved to Sioux Falls, had two children. I finished my college degree there, and um, my children live in Fargo, and we have, uh, they're married, and we have four grandchildren. I taught in Catholic schools in Sioux Falls at St. Lambert's for 10 years, loved it, moved back to Fargo, uh, my parents were getting older, and my husband came home from work one day and said, I want our kids to know their grandparents. So we uh, settled in Fargo, and an opening 
at, at Nativity happened, and I taught there for 36 years, and I am newly retired. So that's kind of my little life, yeah. And all five of my children have, have uh, crossed through your classroom, and I'm, I'm very grateful for that. So, And it was an honor to have them and all those beautiful children at the Catholic schools. And you have such a pro-life heart, um, too, So, and you shared that with the, the kids, and I really appreciate that. Um, when did Susan cross your path? What, what was the start of your friendship? So it was, we moved back to Fargo, and when we moved back to Fargo, I was super pro-life, always have been, um, and I wanted to get involved some way. So the AAA Pregnancy Center was moving. And they needed help. And I'll just never forget this woman, Susan Richard, first time I met her, were upstairs and were dragging desks and boxes and things to their new location, which would be behind the ground round in in a little basement area. And I got involved there. And in the summers, I got trained to uh, do some counseling and took phone calls in my home. And it was just an honor to work with Susan. She was uh, just full of love and care for the women and the babies that she cared about and the, and the people at the, at the AAA pregnancy clinic at the time. Right. I, I, again, she was just behind the scenes, although she was in the forefront too, but I know her prayer oh. life was extremely important and she had just a, a, a passion for, for life. And, you know, um, I, think, I think of her as Mother Angelica. Mm. <laughs> she, she prayed and trusted, and then she just waited for God to work. She just, God was her best friend, and, and she just trusted him. And it was things like getting the, um, you know, AAA Pregnancy Center was not a clinic. So she was doing all the work. She was doing the book work. She was taking clients, answering phones. But at the same time, she was looking for it to become a clinic and was waiting and praying for an ultrasound machine. Now, this was, you know, back in the early 80s, and nobody did this, early 90s, and she trusted. And we had a gentleman in our community, a businessman, who donated this machine, and that was great. But, but all of a sudden, it was, okay, great, we have this ultrasound machine, but now what? We need somebody to come in and read the ultrasounds and a knock on the door. A radiologist from town had just moved back to Fargo, actually, and she said, I'm looking to do some volunteer work. And there again, Susan's trust in God, her beautiful prayer life, it it just unfolded before her, and she was amazing. That's so beautiful. And um, we we lost Susan. She she went to be with God this past fall and um, had, had a... A cancer battle, and yet she she never really pitied herself or anything like that as she was going through that. Like she still was always so clear headed about about her mission and trusting in God. And now we have her daughter Elizabeth Schmidt is on the line. Elizabeth Schmitz, um, you had a special relationship with Susan, and being that <laughs> she was your mother, and we just had we just had a mother of the year here in our office. I think. Um, Susan could have qualified for yes, that. But absolutely. why don't you share from your daughter heart about Susan so we can get to know her? Yeah, of course. Um, you know, just growing up with uh, my mom, I'm the youngest of the four children, and I'm the youngest by about eight years. <clears throat> and so for me, I grew up um, in some ways a little bit of an only child, especially once 
you know, Jackie, Alex, and Becky were out of the house and at college and starting their own families. And so I spent a lot of time with my mom, um, and I spent a lot of time with my mom even at the clinic when she was working. Um, I would sit in the back office, you know, I would come in the evenings when she'd be working later or doing different things. Um, and so for us, we spent just a lot of that time together um, just us and you know she just had such a generous heart too and she wanted to to help people I I remember so often um you know this happened a little bit more often with my siblings because by the time that I was a little bit older she had moved out moved out of the counseling work and she was just um doing the the developmental director position um with the fundraising and everything but my siblings talk about remembering being out in the community and women would stop my mom in the grocery store or at a restaurant and say, do you remember me? And, you know, most of the time she didn't. She counseled so many women and, you know, only saw them for a little bit. But she'd say, you know, you helped me. You helped me choose life for my child. This is my child, you know, Aww. or they take show pictures. And just what a beautiful witness that was. Um, you know, sometimes I kind of think of her as a little bit of a superhero, knowing just how many lives she impacted and she helped she helped to save by helping moms and dads choose life for their children and how many people are walking around that maybe wouldn't be if it weren't for her help. What do you think it was, Elizabeth? Um, and maybe you haven't done a lot of thinking about her past life, but do you have some insight maybe from hearing from your dad or your siblings or even what you've observed as to what the root of that was? What was it that, you know, everyone has a story as to what, why they're either pro-abortion or pro-choice or pro-life. Um, right. What, what is her story towards drawing so, she was so fixated on, in a good way, on this, on life. And, and you're, right. you're one of the products of that. You're, you're a living <laughs> witness to her love of life. Right. I mean, you know, she grew up on a farm, she went to college, and that happened right at the time when Roe v. Wade come out, came out. And, um, you know, both her and my dad, that's how they met, actually, was through their pro-life work. Um, you know, they were a part of a of a group. Um, oh, gosh, I'm trying to remember the name of it. Um, but they would travel around and you know, educate people and talk about how important it was to be pro-life um, and to, you know, that, that this was so important in the dignity of every human life. And I guess I'm not really sure exactly of the the exact source of that, but it, it started immediately. As soon as this was a big issue, that's where she jumped in headfirst. And, and you know, same with my dad. That's 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 what they really bonded over and how they... Um, you know, kind of came to be and, uh, in a relationship, and that's how they met and everything else. So it's, it's been important to our family. Were you a witness to her learning about the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Um, you know, I remember when it happened. Um, I don't remember. We, we weren't together at the time, but, man, I know she was, she was thrilled. <laughs> she was thrilled. And it was something that as much as we prayed for, you know, we almost didn't really expect it to happen. We just had to have that hope. But, you know, it's hard to have hope in, in our culture sometimes. And, and it's one of those things that was, it was a joy-filled day. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, we, we're going to have to take a quick break. But uh, Jean and Elizabeth, we want to keep you on through the break, if that's okay. And we have more questions for you afterwards, if that's all right. 
Sure, of course. Yes, we want to hear about how Susan helped keep our local pregnancy resource center going when it almost faded for a time, because we might not even have it in our community right now if it weren't for Susan. So we're going to be back with more of that story, more with Real Presence Live. All right. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Hi, this is Bishop Daniel Felton. So great to be with you as together we journey through a Lenten season. Always wanted to go closer to Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. Only in that Lord are we going to find in this holy days of Lent that sense of great healing to our hurts, a deep sense of hope in all of our despair, and ultimately of the great joy that we can only find in Jesus overcoming our trials. And so I just pray that Jesus will continue to bless you in these holy days. This is Lavinia Spirito for Catholic Way Bible Study. In Acts 1-8, Jesus tells the disciples to go back to Jerusalem. You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. The word translated as power is also the root for our word for dynamite. Jesus is promising an explosive power that will enable us to witness to the nations and live a powerful Christian life. That same powerful Holy Spirit is received in baptism and confirmation. As baptized and confirmed Catholics, we already have all we need to live life through the power of the Holy Spirit. If we remove the obstacles of our own understanding and lack of preparation and move with the Holy Spirit into the mission He has given us, we will change the world. Catholic Way Bible Study. Peace, power, purpose. Find out more at cwbs.org. Let us run to Mary and as her little children cast ourselves in her arms with a perfect confidence. St. Francis de Sales. Join together with families across the local area for the Rosary, nightly here on Real Presence Radio. On Wednesday through Monday nights, tune in at 8 p.m. Central, and on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. Central. Gather the whole family together and pray this powerful prayer with us. Join us for the Rosary, Wednesday through Monday at 8 p.m., and Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Central here on the RPR Network. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. I'm Roxanne Solomon, along with Heather Caro. And you just heard her on our little tease right before. That was me. Yeah. (laughs) Fun to hear yourself going, oh, who is that? But anyway, we have two lovely ladies on the phone with us, um, two people that knew and adored and are, are just grateful for. Uh, Susan Richard, who was a force um, that not everyone in our community knew about uh, concerning pro-life issues from the very beginning. She was in college when Roe v. Wade um, became a thing, and it it disturbed her, and um, she had a a great love for life. Growing up on the farm, it was everywhere, and she also had a dear friendship with God. And so we're just kind of reflecting on her beautiful life and letting people know about her. So Mm -hmm. we were kind of talking about how the whole... Um, pregnancy resource centers, uh, you know, we had that here um, cu- under a couple different names, and it, it almost disappeared. And and um, I don't know if we realize how close we were to not having that resource. And as a f- as a someone who prays on the sidewalk of, of our 
red, of our Red River Valley Clinic or whatever it's called. Red, red River Women's Clinic is what it, our abortion facility kind is called. Kind of appropriately named. Yeah, exactly. It's over in, in Moorhead, Minnesota now, right across the river from Fargo. Um, but I just, I just know that it's such a great resource to be able to tell people about Women's Care Center that there's something right here in town that they could go to. And if it weren't for Susan, that might very well not be a possibility. So, um, Jean, you knew her during that time that that was uh, almost almost not a thing anymore. And so can you kind of share what Susan went through to and, and how she fought to keep uh, that ministry going in our community? Absolutely. Uh, first of all, she did so much fundraising on her own, and it started so small. But her first fundraiser was at Holy Spirit Church, and it was just a dessert banquet. And so the church would set up these little tables and just have dessert and have a little speaker and talk about the AAA Pregnancy Clinic. And, you know, it was just mostly women that attended, and they'd throw in their $10. You know, it was that was that, was that little bit. It expanded to um, the Gulf Marathon, uh, which was just a bigger fundraiser. And then she kind of is the person in Fargo who got these dinner banquets going. And then it really began to roll. But before that all happened, there was a finance person that came to Susan and said, Susan, it, this is, it's over. We have no money. We can't sustain. And she was like, nope, I'm not taking that for an answer. God will see us through this. And she went to the local bishop and had a conversation with him and begged him to help keep it open. And he did. I mean, that is just mind-blowing that... She did that all on her own, and through prayer and trust in God again, there it is. She, the, the clinic, it, the, the AAA pregnancy, because it wasn't a clinic at the time, continued to stay opened. You know, and one of the things, too, I, I, I interviewed her husband, Larry, a while ago sure. for a story I wrote for the forum, and he um, made it very clear that despite all of that effort that she put in, her family was really number one, and she never worked beyond the capacity to serve her family. Elizabeth, you can probably speak to that. I, I'm sure she wasn't a perfect mother who is, even the mother of the year. <laughs> even the mother of the year. Is, makes mistakes, <laughs> we all do, but you got to witness, you know, uh, how some people have described her as a, as a <clears throat> saint and uh, some of her friends, and you, you got to witness that in your home. What was she like as a mother? Right. I mean, you know, it's it's important to remember, I think, as a mother myself, and we're all looking to find balance in our lives, you know, we're, we're eternally seeking that, that balance between work and family and, and everything that we have to be juggling. And yeah, there's absolutely times when, when the ball gets dropped. Um, that's, that's pretty natural. And we just have to pick ourselves back up and apologize to who needs an apology and, and, uh, you know, keep striving to do better as a parent. And, you know, there were absolutely times like that. I think when it comes down to it, the biggest thing that my mom did for us kids, um, you know, and I have the benefit of, you know, God has really given me the grace to look back on this, is my mom never stopped praying for us. (laughs) And at the time, you know, we knew that, but it didn't mean that much. And now looking back, I can see, you know, every family has their struggles, they have their challenges, and it's so many things that people don't see behind closed doors. And, you know, you all experience that with your own families. Um, but my mom prayed so much, and I can see 
the fruit of those prayers in our family. And so for all the areas where she, you know, as a mom, she she did. She cooked us supper. We had our meals. You know, we she ran us to our sports. She did all that stuff. She was there to support us um, in everything that we needed and was, you know, just there for us. My mom stayed up half the night just cleaning the house and doing the laundry. I always had my school uniform waiting outside my bedroom door <laughs> the next morning, <laughs> folded, washed, everything, ironed. Um, but through all of that, where the areas where she would have struggled or, you know, would have, you know, not been that perfect mother. She made up for that through her prayers for us, and that has supported us and brought us so far um, in our own lives. Well, and what I love about it is the fact that, you know, she was, not to, not to downplay this or be rude, she was just a normal woman. She was oh, just yeah. an everyday normal woman. And I think it should be encouraging to all of us that are listening that, you can be a normal woman and still make enormous changes in this world. You know, all you have to do is have a little prayer and a little gumption and off you go. And the great things that she accomplished because she had a little bit of faith. Absolutely. I think that's really important, you know, just trusting in God. I, I try to do that with my own children, just to trust that first and foremost they're his <laughs> and then they're mine. <laughs> and so to, to pray and to trust that he's taking care of them too. And, and speaking of your children, how many children do you have, Elizabeth? I have five children. Okay. And I, I know that you were pregnant during the time your mom was um, moving through her last days. Um, and, and I know that she really wanted to be there to welcome your new little baby. Um, can you tell us a little bit about that experience and how maybe that, that child uh, has a little bit of your mom in, 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 in that love oh, yeah. and spirit? Yeah. Um, so first I was, you know, kind of fun because I... Um, my mom had a great devotion to Mary, and so my baby, Mariana, um, was born on December 8th, which is the, um, the Feast of the Immaculate Conception. Mm. And we, we knew that that was my induction date, so I was kind of hoping that we'd get there, and we did. And so I just know that that excited her so much, knowing that she would be born that day. And, and we were really intentional with naming her, too, because of that. You know, just my mom wouldn't have preferred <laughs> to have a child named after her. She would have absolutely preferred to have the baby named for Mary. <laughs> and so we have our, our baby, Mariana, who's just the sweetest and very much loved by her adoring big siblings. <laughs> oh, how sweet. And again, your mom uh, brought that love of life into your family through her love of you and, and through her pro-life work, too. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, so I'm sure you're going to make sure that your, your little baby knows about her grandmother. Who, didn't she just have a birth? Was it her birthday recently, Susan? Her birthday was on Monday, yes. Okay. Um, so she would have been 70. And, yeah, we, we celebrated her by we went to the chapel and prayed the rosary. We did our family tradition, getting birthday donuts. And we also went and um, picked out. I took the kids to Walmart with us, and we picked out a bunch of things to go donate to the Dakota Hope Clinic, which is our local pro-life uh, or pregnancy uh, clinic. Okay. Where so, are you at? In Minot. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to ask both of you, Jean and Elizabeth, and Jean, you can start. Um, thinking about your friend Susan and the impact she made, what, what do you think 
people should know in our communities through our listening area about Susan most of all like what would Susan what would be the message on her heart for for people if she could be speaking right now I think good question Roxanne that she doesn't want any of the glory she wants all the honor and glory to go to our Lord Jesus Christ that's that's beautiful Perfect. yeah 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 absolutely it's something we all need to ponder and yeah. Yeah, she um, truly lived a, kind of a, a hidden life, even though she moved mountains. You know, she was just a beautiful example for everyone. As you're describing, you know, I had never thought of the Mother Angelica connection, but now that you mention oh. it, mm-hmm. I, I knew Susan enough to, to have seen that in her. Um, she was very practical, very, very, yeah. pra- you know, growing up on a farm, just super, super practical, but super just trusting t- to a fault. I don't think there can be a fault when you trust in God, right? right. Um, she just absolutely knew he was going to come through. But it but honestly, after I after I did that story, I I started feeling like I want to emulate her and I knew her but I got to know her even more after her death. And yeah. and I just thought that's how I want to live. I want to totally trust in God and just like just move, just keep moving and mm-hmm. just trusting that he's going to show up. And yeah. so um Anyway, so what about you, Elizabeth? What do you think your mom would want to say, um, or what would the message be that she would want to impart right now? Yeah, I think it still just comes back to prayer. I think, you mm-hmm. know, it's just that prayer truly changes things. And in in our society, in our culture, what we're looking at um, every day, it can feel a little hopeless, and to just know that, that prayer does change things, and and we just have to trust in that. And so whether you're able to go and pray on, you know, in front of the clinic, if you're able to go and support or volunteer in some way, and even if you're not, you know, to, to continue to pray because that is really just the most important thing, to trust in God in that way through our prayers and to, to continue doing what we can and trust that He's going to, to do that as well. You know, I think if anyone is out there who either knows Jean or is just learning about Jean, that if they want to honor this beautiful person who they, they may or may not have known, um, Women's Care Center is a place you can go to and, um, and donate or tour or be, be a part of. And I know that um, that would be one way of honoring her. So. Yeah. Yeah, so they can put it in honor of Susan Richard. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you, ladies. Um, We will be back with more Real Presence Live, and we will hear about a collaborative effort unlike any other. So it's going to be something you'll want to stay close by to. We'll see you on the other side of the break.